morning. morning. It's great to see all you here. Welcome to all you joining us online today. I'm glad you're joining us that way. I'm excited to uh, uh, launch into something new today. I want to begin by asking you some questions and having some conversation with you. We've been through quite a year, haven't we? Yeah. The good news is none of us have had to shed our blood yet, right? For the cause of Christ, amen? Right, amen? Amen. All right, so that is good news. But we've been through quite a year nonetheless. Um, It affords us a a really good opportunity to do some hardcore self-evaluation. I've been doing this personally. I'm I'm praying that you've been doing this. Frequently, I've been asking myself the question, God, what are you up to? How do you want me to respond? Am I the man that you want me to be? Am I the man of faith that you desire me to be? What are my deficiencies? I've found a lot of deficiencies. How about you? I find myself easily angered, easily frustrated, a lot more easily frustrated than I thought I would be. And at those moments, I've been repenting and saying, okay, God, work in me patience and work in me long-suffering. Help me to be Christ-like in everything I do and how I interact with other people. And so what we've been going through is afforded us some of those kind of opportunities. Now, oftentimes, I'm going to just say this. You don't grow in Christ-likeness until you have to grow in Christ-likeness, until you face some adversity. I mean, I, I wish there was an easy way of saying that, but adversity is usually our friend to launch us into deeper spirituality. And so in that regard, this thing has been an opportunity for us uh, to get purified and become the bride of Christ that, that God intends. Jesus promised us this in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have life to the full. The question I want to challenge you with today is this. Is this your experience? Are you experiencing life and life to the full in Jesus? Now, when Jesus gave us this promise, um, the Israelites were going through a lot of suffering. They were under the tyranny of Roman rule. Uh, and women at that time in history, they had zero rights. They were viewed as property. Um, people's lives could be you know, classified as full of anguish and toil. And into that circumstance, Jesus says, I have come to give you what? Life and life to the full. They did not have ideal circumstances going on there at all. They were living a life of ease and comfort. They were living a tough life. And Jesus said, into that life, I have come to give you life and life to the full. So it applies to us and what we're going through. Amen? It's not like God is surprised by what we're going through and we're going through something hard that someone else has never gone through anything hard like this. This is kind of the human story. So this morning I want to give you an invitation that I think Jesus has given to all of us. It's an invitation into a bigger life. Jesus always invites us into a bigger life. I remember growing up and I got to that age 13 and already at age 13 I recall thinking, man, is this all there is to life? This kind of just stinks. I remember thinking that as a 13-year-old. And and what I was experiencing was just total dissatisfaction with my life. And oftentimes, if we put our hopes into having a perfect marriage, that'll never work out. Or having a perfect job. The job might be good for a week or two, and then it's work. That's why you get paid. Amen? (laughs) I I thought you would say more amen to that one. But anyway, um, you know, and, and, and sometimes a lot of you college students, you think, I get a degree, then all things will fall in place in my life. No, you just do another phase of working hard. And uh, it's not all that satisfying. I don't want to burst your bubble here today, but you follow what I'm saying? And, and these things aren't what satisfy us. Only Jesus can satisfy us. He said, I've come to give you life and life to the full. Did you imagine or did you even have it on your radar that we would still be dealing with COVID-19 at this point in the year? I thought... 
surely we'll just get through this thing in a couple months. I didn't think it'd be a couple weeks. I thought a couple months, but as a couple months rolled on, I thought this thing will never go away. Anybody ever come to that conclusion? Like this is an insidious virus that just is nasty that just never goes away. I was reading recently an article um, in, in, the, uh, in the Amplifier, which is a, a Wesleyan magazine from our global partners that deals with missions in that kind of area of our church. And in this particular article that I was reading, um, the author noted that we now have 40 million Americans who are dealing with high levels of anxiety. They're just not doing very well because of the time we find ourselves in. So my question to you today, how are you doing when it comes to anxiety in your life? Are you doing okay? Or would you say, you know, I'm kind of a high-anxiety person right now. Are you experiencing the reality of Psalm 55:22, cast your cares on the Lord because he sustains you? Are you, are you beginning to speak to those things in your life with Scripture? Uh, a few months ago, we did this series called The Battle Within from Romans 6, 7, and 8. And I, I remember at that time having a verse that super impacted me. It's Romans 8, 28. A lot of people know, know Romans 8, 28. In fact, let me read this to you. I'm going to read this to you. It says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who what? Love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And a wrong understanding of this verse is so often reached. Oftentimes we think, well, God promises me good. Well, what that means is the bad things I go through over here, somehow God's going to counteract those bad things with all these good things, and the good's going to outweigh the bad, and he's going to give me lots of good things, like comfort, a great job, whatever. And that's a totally wrong understanding of that, 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 that verse. It's so off. It's so off. What God is saying there and what we're being promised there is this, that the, the, the good means this, in all things, if we love God and if we're called according to his purposes, in all things that we face, whether the bad, the good, or the ugly, it doesn't matter what they are, all those things will be used by God to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. And the good is that we look like Jesus when we come out of this thing. So my question to you is, as you're going through COVID-19, are you coming out of it looking more like Jesus Christ? Because God wants to do that good in the midst of COVID-19. If that's being accomplished in your life, then God's working all things for your what? Good. I love how the Phillips translation renders uh, this verse of Romans 8, 28. I'm going to read that to you, and I'm going to go all the way down to verse 30. So listen to what the Phillips translation says. It's just kind of a, a neat way of saying this verse. Listen to this. Moreover, we know that to those who love God, who are called according to his plan, everything that happens fit into the pattern of good, for good. Um, God, in his foreknowledge, chose them to bear the family likeness of his son, that he might be the eldest of a family of many brothers. He chose them long ago. When the time came, he called them. He made them righteous in his sight and then lifted them to the splendor of life as his own sons. So this idea is that, that we're being conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me do some questioning of you right now. I want you to get kind of engaged here, you know, mind and heart-wise into what I'm going to share with you uh, today. Um, let me ask you some questions. So as you've gone through COVID-19 pandemic... Are you bearing the family likeness of Jesus Christ first and foremost? Think about that. Is that what you're doing? As you're going through this pandemic 19, you know, thing, or COVID-19 pandemic, I should say it, right? Uh, are you looking like Jesus Christ? Because that's how God wants to use it for our good. So let me ask you this question in light of John 10.10. 10. Are you experiencing the full life in Jesus that he intends? Would you say, yeah, that's what I'm experiencing. That's who I am. How about this one? I felt this way when we started this whole thing about four or five months ago. Do you feel stuck? 
You know, I would sing the song a lot to myself, stuck in the middle again. Anybody been singing that song? Stuck here in this place I don't want to be stuck in. Where you'd say, I haven't really grown that much in my faith, and I'm just kind of stuck. Would you, say, uh, would you be honest and say, that's where I'm at? Maybe you are. Maybe God is trying to move you off that place of being stuck. How about this question? Did you grow up in the church? You know all the language. You can maybe even put some of the things together, but you never really come under the lordship of Jesus Christ to the point where he's your all in all. Is that who you are? How about this? Maybe you're here mainly because your spouse wants you to be. Or maybe even you're watching online today because your spouse says, let's watch this. And you think, oh, it's only an hour I can do this because I love her or I love him. And you don't really know Jesus yet. Maybe if you're transparent, maybe we get real transparent here, maybe you admit, I'm just an agnostic, really, when you get right down to it. I believe in God and that sort of, but I really don't know if I believe it to that degree, like you do, you know, or whatever. You're just kind of agnostic. Or maybe if you're getting super honest, you're saying, at this point in my life, I'm not a believer all the way yet. You know what? I want to just say something to everybody here. This invitation applies that Jesus makes to us in John 10.10. And this invitation is this. He invites you into a full, big life. That's what we're invited into. So no matter where you're at, whether you're just exploring the things of Christ right now, whether you're here because you love somebody else, whether you feel a little stuck right now, or whether you're saying, oh man, I'm handling this pandemic, I think, pretty well, and I'm seemingly to be conformed to the image of Jesus more and more. It doesn't matter where you're at. The invitation of John 10.10 applies to every single one of us. Jesus invites us into a bigger, full life. I love how the English Standard Version of the Bible uh, says John 10.10. It says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Or how about the New Living Translation? It says this way, uh, John 10.10, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I think we do with John 10.10 what we do with Romans 8.28. We don't understand it oftentimes. We don't understand what we're really being invited into, just like we don't understand what the word good means in Romans 8.28. We don't understand what Jesus is inviting us into in in John 10.10. Sometimes we think, well, Jesus is inviting me into this full, satisfying, abundant life. Well, that means, again, in our American way of thinking, well, I'm going to have a comfortable life. I'm going to have a great-looking spouse. doesn't matter what I look like, but as long as she looks good, amen, right? Um, Sorry, that was my... I should be sarcastic. Anyway, so we we think that way. Or we think, I'm going to get, you know, all this money. I'm going to have this great career. I'm going to have this great, fantastic career, and it's going to satisfy me. And we think that's what's meant by abundance. It's not. That's not what Jesus is inviting us into. It's not not a right rendering of that scripture. Here's what we're invited into. Jesus invites you into a thriving, not just surviving faith journey. That's what we're being invited into. When he says full life, he means this full life in God, this vibrant faith in God that just dominates you and where you thrive instead of survive. I have frequently asked myself this question during this pandemic that we're in. I don't want to just survive right now. I'm not just going to hunker down and I'm not going to try to outweigh this thing, whatever that looks like or whatever that means. I'm not going to do that. After a while of getting into this, I said, no way. This is not how God has called his people to respond to this world. He wants us not just to survive. He wants us to what? Thrive. And that's what he's inviting us into here in John 10.10. 10. He says, I've come to give you life. And to invite you into a thriving, vibrant faith experience. And that's a wonderful, wonderful invitation. So here's our big thought for today's message and for 
basically this series. Jesus invites us into a life we often can't even comprehend. That's what he's inviting us into. This is not the exception, by the way. This is the standard. He's inviting every single person here into a life that you can't comprehend, that's bigger than your mind can wrap it around. It's, it's more than you can imagine. He invites us into that kind of experience of faith in him. And that, my friends, is not an exception for the super spiritual among us. That is to be the standard for all of us. Amen? It's just what God is inviting us into. Recently, we went through uh, the Gospel of John. For uh, Aaron and I were just talking about that in the foyer for uh, 29 short weeks. We went through the Gospel of John. And uh, actually, we could have probably went through it, you know, in a couple years to do it justice, to be honest, you know. But, but as you go through the Gospel of John, there are patterns that you see. There are systematic patterns. Sometimes this is called systematic theology. You see this pattern of God throughout the Scripture. And one of the patterns you see in the Gospel of John when you stand back and take kind of this big picture look at it is that Jesus is always confronting individuals and inviting them into something bigger than they could comprehend. It's just a pattern of the Gospel of John. I'm going to give you the examples that bear that out. It's just a pattern. It's just what he invites us into. And what I want us to see today is simply that that's the pattern of Jesus Christ, that he's always inviting us into something bigger than we can imagine. It begins right away in chapter 1 of John where Jesus told Nathanael that he would see greater things. So this Nathanael is this righteous Jew and his brother uh, Philip comes in contact with Jesus and, and runs to his brother Nathanael and says, I think we found the Messiah. And Nathanael says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Really? You think so? And, and Philip says, come and see. So Nathanael goes to see the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a Jew of Jews. I saw you under the tree. And that kind of is, it's, this blows the circuit right away in Nathanael's mind. Well, you surely are the son of God if you saw that. And what does Jesus say? You haven't seen anything yet, buddy. You're going to see angels descending and ascending on me before this is done. And he takes this kind of skeptic guy and he moves him from this, oh, you must be the son of God, to this, oh, wait, you haven't seen anything yet. Isn't that Jesus? Isn't that how Jesus works? We don't even know the questions to ask frequently. And he takes us to things that we can't even imagine or comprehend. So, so the whole Gospel of John kind of begins with that presentation of Christ and how he's going to interact with people. And then we get to, to John chapter 3. And we see that Jesus offered Nicodemus the gift of, of being born again. So Nicodemus, this Pharisee, knows that Jesus is no ordinary uh, you know, teacher, because he couldn't do the miracles he was doing if, if he was just an ordinary guy. So under the cover of darkness, I love this, under the cover of darkness, you know, Nicodemus, the brave soul he is, comes to Jesus Christ to have interaction with them. And so he's having a conversation with Jesus, and Jesus, like he always does, cuts right to the heart of the matter and gets a picture bigger than, than we're ready to almost embrace. And he says to Nicodemus, you need to be born again, man. And Nicodemus doesn't, he doesn't know what that means. He has no concept of what that means. He says, do I go back in my mother's womb? And Jesus then gives him this famous verse that we love to quote at football games. It's football season, amen. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, right? That he gave his, only, his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gives that famous verse to a man that's a Pharisee who came to him in the cover of darkness. Do you see the irony of that? And Nicodemus went there just trying to find out some things about Jesus Christ, and he runs into the living son of God who says, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. That wasn't even on his radar. That's how our Jesus works. And then we get to John chapter 4. 
And I love, this, my, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible anymore. Jesus offered the Samaritan woman the gift of living water. And so Jesus is tired. He's traveled through Samaria. He sits down at Jacob's well. And as he's sitting there, a divine appointment is about to occur. A Samaritan woman shows up to draw water. And Jesus looks at her and says, would you give me a drink? Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Men don't talk to women. You understand this? She's just, she's blown a circuit here. That can't, you, you're talking to me? Really? And he says to her, if you knew who was talking to you right now, you would ask him for living water. And we see the great reconciler of all humanity talking to a woman, a person of the opposite gender, talking to a Samaritan, a person of an, another race, saying, do you want living water? That's our Jesus, amen? amen? He just goes through every barrier, breaks every barrier down. And he brings us to a bigger comprehension, a bigger picture than we ever imagined could be the case in our life. Now, she just wants to get water easier. She doesn't quite get it to start with. But he continues to talk to her, and then she realizes, oh, this is no ordinary person. Listen, friends. I know COVID-19 is on our minds and on our hearts right now, but we've got lots of issues in this country that should be on our minds and on our hearts. We have deep cultural divides. We have deep racial divides. We have all kinds of issues. They're insurmountable issues. I can't solve them. You can't solve them. Who can solve them? Amen. Jesus Christ. And what we need is a bunch of people radically following Jesus Christ. He's the great reconciler of humanity. Amen. And it's got to blow our mind a little bit. It's got to blow our circuitry. And we've got to begin to really trust that that's what Christ can do here, even in the times we find ourselves in. Are you starting to see a pattern here? There is a systematic pattern of interaction that Jesus is having with people. He's constantly bringing them to a place where they never thought they'd ever be. They didn't even imagine it. So then we get to chapter 5 of John. And Jesus is now talking to the inlet at the pool. And he asks this inlet, do you want to be well? And what he meant by being well was, do you want to be well, body, soul, and spirit? Do you want to, you know, have this complete healing? Well, the invalid had laid by this pool for years, hoping to be the first one into the water, because the thought was that every now and then an angel of God would stir the water that he was laying by, and if the first one in was healed. But the invalid said to Jesus, well, there's no one here to help me. So he's lonely, right? He has no friends, and he said, and I can't move. Is that not a sad picture? And to that person, Jesus says, Do you want to be healed, but more than physical healing, do you want to be healed body, soul, and spirit? See, he wanted physical healing. Jesus said, no, 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 you need spiritual healing. Amen? He always brings to us something bigger than we can comprehend. Are you getting the pattern here? I mentioned here a couple weeks ago that my daughter Bree was uh, doing some of her doctorate work uh, with the COVID-19 study. And one pattern she figured out right away as she made multiple calls to multiple people was that there was a mental health issue going on with most people that she talked to. They were just full of anxiety. And, you know, the amplifier brought that out, that magazine, full of anxiety and fear, didn't know how to deal with this uh, COVID-19, you know, the f- sense of loss of control, as if we ever had any control, honestly speaking. Um, and, and so what, what's the solution to that, friends? It's Jesus Christ. He heals us what? Body, soul, and mind. Spirit, everything. He is everything, amen? That's the only solution to being able to face off something like COVID-19 is we have got to let the healer of healers heal us. Amen? Jesus invites you today, be well this way. 
be well, body, soul, and spirit. Will you take them up on that invitation? I'm not, I'm not the one giving you that invitation. It's Jesus Christ. I've been the recipient of that invitation myself during this time. There have been some things in my life that I'm going, okay, Jesus, I need to be healed of this thing. I need you to deliver me from this thing. I need you to cause me not to think this way. And the great healer of our soul will do more than we can imagine or even hope for or comprehend. Then you get to John chapter 6. The ones fed bread were looking for another meal. And Jesus offered them food for their souls. I mean, it's cool. Because now Jesus is getting super popular in John chapter 6. He's got the crowd following him. He gets to this place and he says, we need to feed these people. And he miraculously feeds this, this crowd that consisted of 5,000 men, not including the wives and the children, using this little boy's lunch of five barley loaves and two fish, right? We know that story. And he feeds them. And then what happens? They think, free lunch. I'll follow you anywhere, right? Amen? And they, they follow him along. And he knows they're following him for a free lunch. And he says, no, don't, man doesn't live by bread alone, right? But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he says, I'm the living bread that comes down from heaven. Amen, right? And he takes them from this physical understanding of life and he takes them right to the spiritual understanding. And they weren't even looking for that. That's our Jesus. Always giving them a bigger picture, a more comprehensive look into what they really need. Amen? And that's what he does for you and me too. And then, if that's not enough, you get to, you know... John chapter 9, and he heals a blind man, and later, up, later on catches up with him and gives him spiritual uh, healing. And then after that, in John chapter 11, he raises Lazarus from the dead. And it's interesting, that initial reaction, he shows up after Lazarus is dead, and the sisters of Lazarus said, if you were only here, Lord, you could have healed him. He said, oh, it's not about a healing today. It's about something bigger than that. And he says to them, what? I am the what? Resurrection and the life. He who believes in him will never die. Follow that? He brought him to a bigger understanding of who he was. This is the pattern of the Gospel of John. Do you see this pattern? So let me ask you this. Are you open to a life bigger than you can comprehend? That's what I want to ask you today. This is a really short, simple message. That's what I'm going to ask you today. Are you open to a life bigger than you can comprehend? Because that's what we're going to look into for 11 weeks. We have a video now of some of our own people here at Grace Point who continue the story of John by testifying that their experience in Jesus is bigger than what they thought it would be. So watch this video for a few moments. Every day, you know, walking with God is always an experience. At the time that I met Jesus, I was in a process of losing everything I ever had. And because of him, I found everything I never even knew I was missing. Well, I would say that my life is bigger because of Jesus really because I have the full understanding now, finally, of the fact that God never intended for me to consider my life, my life. I just relate back uh, to feeling so blessed that I, was, uh, that I grew up in a Christian family in that early in my life, even in grade school, I accepted Jesus into my life and it's really made all the difference. And as I look forward, it just gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Well, see, that's the problem, is it's still bigger than I can comprehend, and there's still more, and I don't know. There was never more before, and now there's more. And I don't even understand what it all is, but God keeps putting things in front of me, and I keep doing them, and life keeps getting better. I thought my poor choices when I was younger would stand in my way all my life. Now, looking back, Jesus lets me see my map, my from here to there. He changed the outcomes of my past actions to give his love and joy for me and for others in the present. 
But if I was to pick one statement, that would be divine connections that the Lord has opened in my life. And myself being in this country is just uh, enough of its testament of uh, how the Lord has blessed me so much. And its purity has been because of his divine connections, you know, um, uh, from Uganda where I was to my education and again to coming to this country. And now seeing what the Lord is doing through my life, uh, blessing so many other people back in Uganda is huge to me. And again, it's just because of divine connections that the Lord has blessed me with. Jesus has brought an illumination in my life and it's in continues to uh, grow my perspective of how valuable a life is when you've found the source of life and you begin to realize uh, and lean on the source of life. Your life takes on a whole, a whole new meaning and a whole new size, if you will. Well, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, God talks about how he brings beauty out of the ashes of lost dreams. And that's exactly what God did for our family. When we were approaching our 10th year of marriage, and uh, our plan for having children was totally unsuccessful. We accepted God's plan, which provided us two wonderful children through adoption. Yeah, life is different for me. You wouldn't be alive without Jesus in my life. So, amen. Through the trials that we've, we've experienced and, and um, we've had some tough ones, if it wasn't for Jesus, we never ever would have been able to, or, to have endured them. Um, I'm just reminded of the of the song where um, it says we will never walk alone. He's with us, for us, always, always with us. Um, and it's through all of that that we can say that um, Jesus is our all in all. Jesus has made my life bigger by pulling me from a life of substance abuse, addiction, and just um, doubt and, and anger. And he just pulled me into a life that is just new. and. It just taught me to live for Him, and it continued to teach me. It continues to teach me to live for Him. Lately, God has been bigger in my life because He helps me to forgive when I can't do it on my own, and He gives me strength every day to get through whatever life might throw at me. And I'm just so thankful for Jesus. It's all about hope. Um, I can't imagine what living life, especially today, would be like without our hope in Christ. And uh, through all the ups and downs, He is with us. But most exciting is the hereafter. And uh, the great hope that we have in, in Christ is, I don't know how you can get any bigger than that. Um, Jesus brought me out of a life of addiction and lies and despair. And now has brought me to a place where I've had the privilege of being able to help others get free of addiction and experience the freedom that there is in Christ. Well, Serenity at work, God has uh, placed me in a position where I work with a lot of new employees. A lot of these are foreigners. And it's given me the opportunity to provide uh, stability and encouragement in a world that is absolutely anything but. The impact of my words and actions on others, this extends not only to the people I meet in life, but it also has an effect on all the people that my children influence and even into the future through my grandchildren. But lately God has really been drawing me closer and it's not about just this moment of becoming a Christian and then you get to where you're going. Mm -hmm. He's showing me that he continually has more for me. 
I was always asking to be delivered from the fire. I'm going to mm. kind of quote Beth Moore here. So I was always asking to be delivered from the fire. And he has been wanting to refine me through the fire. Mm. And because of that, I have experienced, for instance, recently, freedom from more than just cancer. Um, through that fire, he has freed me from depression and anxiety and just in general in life he has freed me from myself by refining me through those fires and showing me that he is with me every step of the way what i want you to see today is that jesus continues to write the story and you're the pages he's writing it on amen and the story that we were reading about in john didn't stop it's continuing on through people just like you and Jesus wants to do more than you can imagine or hope for in your life, more than you can comprehend. Whether you're sitting here or you're joining us online, that's the case for all of us. He wants to write the story of your life differently than you would ever imagine or even be able to picture. I want to end today by reading to you Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 12. It's an invitation to those who are thirsty, to those who want this big life. And I want to encourage you, hear this with your mind, hear with your heart too. Listen to these words. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Jesus invites us into that kind of experience. Are you, are you wanting it? That's my question to you today. Do you want that? Are you open to it? Will you receive that invitation from Jesus Christ to begin to expect him to do bigger things than you can comprehend or hope for? Because that's not supposed to be the exception. It's supposed to be the rule and the standard. So I want to encourage you today to just begin to have an openness of heart to what Jesus may want to do with you. Come on this journey with us for the next 11 weeks as we look into this grown-up faith life and try to figure out what it means to be somebody that's stepping into the big picture that Jesus has for our lives. I'm excited about it. Um, and I want to encourage you, as Pastor Aaron did, pick up a, a study guide. Begin to look at some of the stuff in there. Begin to wonder what it's about. And we'll be talking on that over the next several weeks. And be real engaged in this with us. Amen. Because I think God wants to grow us up in our holy faith. Amen. How about you? And I think God wants us to be ones that are not just surviving, but thriving. And he wants us to become ones who influence our culture around us with the hope of Jesus Christ. And in the midst of something like COVID-19, we can indeed be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, our Lord, Savior. Amen? And that's what he wants from us, brothers and sisters. So I tell you, rise up. Let the invitation soak into your soul 
and begin to be one to expect hopingly in Jesus Christ for the things that he wants to do in you. Would you bow your heads? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for um, Jesus today. And Jesus, I think this, you're the hero. We're the storyline. Help us to enter into the story you have for each one of us. Grace us with an open heart to believe that you can do more in us than we can even hope for or imagine. More than we can comprehend. More than we can picture. Grace us to be people who expect great things from our great God. And I'm not just talking. I don't want to make this seem too mysterious, Lord. I just think, Lord, that you have a, you have a story to tell in each one of our lives. And it's a marvelous story of your faithfulness and your interaction. And what we need to learn is to be just utterly dependent upon you, Lord, and to expect you to do these kinds of things. And so what I, I pray, Lord, is for us to be people who just kind of dwell with a constant expect, expectation that God will do things that I don't even know what at this point in my life. And I just pray for us to have this bubbling kind of hope like that, Lord, that's always percolating in our souls. So would you bless Grace Point to be that kind of a fellowship, Lord? A fellowship, you know, that's built on a surety, a faith in Jesus Christ and the hope that that brings. Lord, we just love you so very much. And now as we conclude by singing this song, it's such an appropriate song for today, Lord. What I want to pray for is just a real engagement uh, in this moment, a true moment of worship, Lord, and a true moment of dedication of our lives to you, Lord Jesus Christ, and a true moment of wondering, what could be in you, God? What could be in you? And would you begin this process, Lord, of acceleration, of growing us up in our, our faith. It kind of reminds me of doing a, like a five-week challenge or a 10-week challenge in a workout, Lord, where you're trying to make leaps and bounds in your physical conditioning. I pray that we do this 11-week workout, so to speak, spiritually, where we make leaps and bounds in our, in our faith, in our maturity, Lord, that we grow up and we become strong in Jesus Christ. May it be so, Lord Jesus, by your grace. May it be so, Lord Jesus, uh, fueled by your love. We pray these things in your name and all God's people said,